Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, we just give you thanks and praise for your presence. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your instruction. We thank you for your truth. And Lord, may we always recognize your truth. And that your truth is much more important than what we believe is truthful. Lord, we need your word. We need your word because your word is honest and frank with us about who we are and where we need to be in our relationship with you. Lord, we do ask that you just look at our hearts now. If there's any burden that we're carrying personally as far as sin is concerned, Lord, we ask that you forgive that sin. We know that when we ask something like this, you are faithful and just to forgive us from our sins and cleanse us with your righteousness. Lord, we want to be righteous before you. We want to hear you speak to us now. And we thank you for all of these things and we ask them in Jesus' name. Amen. Many of you have uh, are probably already very familiar with the television term sweeps. And how important this time is for television viewership. Oh, okay. This used to be commonly referred to as Sweeps Week. But it has since morphed into periods that can stretch over a month four times a year. Or quarterly. The newest name to refer to these periods are called Nielsen Survey Dates. Now I prefer, that's a lot of words, right? I just use the term sweeps. Amen? Sweeps. Okay. Sweeps have existed since the very beginning of TV viewership preference measurement. The measurement periods are called sweeps because Nielsen Media Research mails out diaries to certain households around the country, then collects and processes the diaries in a specific order. The diaries from the Northeast regions are processed first and then swept up in a geographical progression throughout the U.S., from the South to the Midwest, and finally, the West. The standard sweep months are November, February, May, and guess what? July, this month, is a sweep month. The standard sweep months are those months, as I mentioned. This was and still is the old-school approach that sets the tone for determining viewership during a designated time period. I actually was one of the Nielsen households many years ago. You're literally just taking a survey on what you watch. Sweeps are used to beef up commercial advertising dollars for TV stations surrounding their programming, and that creates a vital increase in revenue. Now, you could have guessed this on your own, but media research is worth billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. Advertisers pay to air their commercials on TV programs using rates based on, guess what, Nielsen's data. Whatever comes back, that's the rating for that show or program. Programmers use that data to decide which shows to keep and which shows to cancel. Amen? If you had a favorite show like Firefly back then, I think it lasted one year. Um, Those things happen. It's because of ratings. A lot rides on television programming today because of the growing options for how viewers determine what to watch and when they choose to watch. 
Now, you can only physically watch one program at a time, amen? But there are so many different ways to do that. A lot of us stream our programming. Some of us have cut the cable, cut the cord all entirely. And a lot of people just watch them either on their laptops or their computers or iPads, whatever it is. The competition and the dollars at stake for viewership is fierce. Fierce. In the same way, the competition for the attention of people within the church is fierce. Now, to be clear, I'm not speaking about those who are unchurched, because that's an important issue for sure, amen? Those who don't go to church at all. But I'm speaking about members and attendees within the church. For the sake of the conversation, that's everybody in this room, amen? You're in the church. You're either a member or you're an attendee right now. One of the greatest challenges in today's church is the reality that there are a number of things that compete for the attention of church members. There's a competition going on right now between me speaking and you deciding to check your email. Amen? Make a note of things on the internet. What's the weather going to be like? Well, you know what the weather's going to be like. You just walked in and saw the weather outside. Amen? And is this all resonating with you where I'm going with this? There's a competition going on right now for your minds and your hearts. The list of distractions is as long as you can imagine. Your daily routine can be enough to derail your daily Bible reading, for example. Whatever you go on, goes on during the day, during the week. Something could just derail that altogether. And even the regular practice of going to church does not assure that a believer will get into God's word where they should be and stay in it. Are you a once a week Christian? I'm going to challenge you. You shouldn't be. Amen? You're a Christian 24-7. Amen? When you're awake and when you're asleep. When you get up, when you lie down. Let's discuss this further, shall we? First of all, I can't stress enough how important it is for each one of us, personal company included, to stay, listen very carefully, stay immersed in the word the same way that we take a relaxing shower or a bath. Stay Everyone loves taking baths and showers, amen? Especially if the water's warm and comfortable. Now, if you like cold showers, I have to look at you a little bit differently. But based upon that, most people love baths and showers, right? Very relaxing, very comfortable. Well, let's, why not use that comparison? Jesus said that he had the living water. Amen? Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 7. Let's take a look at John chapter 7. And look at verses 37 through 39. John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation on this passage. John 7, starting at verse 37. 
On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Verse 38, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the, strips, for the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Now look at verse 39. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Well, the wonderful thing is we have the Holy Spirit right now. Amen? The Spirit is the believer's daily companion that prompts you to stay in the Word. What prompts you and keeps you in the Word? The Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? The Spirit nudges you, pushes you, encourages you to stay in the Word. Staying in the Word is how we care for ourselves and for each other. I'll liber- elaborate on that a little bit more as we go. But still we have to do what? Listen to the Spirit. Listen to what the Spirit is saying to us. And we have to act on it too. This may be a touchy subject, but for many of us in church... It is natural to want to have fellowship with each other. Fellowship is great. Fellowship is good. Especially after a tough uh, tough couple of years where we were, frankly, quarantined. Amen? Please consider that our scheduled Bible classroom time, when we set up Bible studies here at the church, the scheduled time, please make sure that and consider that If you know there's a Bible plan, a Bible class that's coming, that you're coming to, more than just the fellowship, you need to be learning and doing the Bible study plan. You need to be doing those very things. Our time in group Bible study is not just about the fellowship. A scheduled Bible study works best when all of its participants prepare ahead of time, knowing what's coming. By reading and studying the lesson plan before you get together. Your input in these studies is good for you, but it also helps and encourages others. In other words, we don't just want one or two people in a ten-person Bible class doing all the talking. Others should be participating in this. It's good for everyone who's involved. It's good for you and it's good for others. This is where the fellowship with active participation promotes meaningful sharing as we learn and grow in Jesus Christ. Now let me ask you another question, a little bit tougher. Are you using your time as a believer in church for fellowship with Jesus or just for the fellowship? It's either fellowship with Jesus or just the fellowship. Church is not a group club. It's not a book club. It's about active participation. Yeah, what do you do at a book club? Now that I'm thinking about it. You read the book. You show up and talk to other people about what you read. You share information. You're not going to go to a book club and just sit there because you didn't read the book. Amen? Amen. That's only about two or three amens on that. 
Let me try that again. You're not going to go to a book club and not read the book and participate. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's look at this for what it is. The Bible time that you're spending in Bible class and Bible study, you're reading the book and you're ready to participate. It's not just about the fellowship. Fellowship is good, but honestly, we can fellowship anywhere. When you're here, and when it's time for you to get into the Word, get into the Word. Amen? Amen. Amen. How do you fight the world's never-ending distractions? Because there's a lot of distractions out there. How do you fight Satan himself? You have to put on the armor of God. Amen? Putting on the armor of God is something you have to physically do. Mentally do it. It's a physical action. It's a mental action. But you've got to do it. Turn your Bibles up trying to devices to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. Let's look at verses 10 through 18. I know if you're coming to church, you have to have the mindset of being in church. Sometimes the mindset of being in church, when you're dealing with the world as it's been today, which is nothing less than insane, with some touches of crazy going with it, you better put on the full armor of God and stay in the Word. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Let's start there. We're going to read through verse 18. This is the NIV version. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his, in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Amen? Verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. One of those was enough. But you have multiple reasons. Why you need to stay focused. Amen? Verse 13. Therefore put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes. You may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything. To stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. Buckled around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Focus on that verse 17 for a moment. The word of God. And then verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Look what it says. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Amen and amen. Amen. That's our lifestyle, everyone. That is what should be our lifestyle. That we're always keeping the armor of God on. We're always ready and prepared to encourage others. That's what this is all about. And we're praying for each other. We're praying for ourselves, certainly, but we're praying for each other. 
One of the most important things we do on during Sunday school. We're all online together, but guess what we also do? We pray. We pray together. God works through mysterious ways. Guess what? He knows all our prayers, even if we're online. Amen? Putting on God's armor requires effort, but always know that Jesus tells us to come to him with our focus. Please take a look at Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. There are times when we go through life where we need a break. We need some rest. You can't go without sleep for too long of a period where you just crash and burn. Amen? You've got to get some sleep at night. You've got to get some rest after a day where the last thing that you probably say to your wife, I love you, but I'm going to sleep right now. Because you're tired. But look at what Jesus says about going to him. Verse 28 in Matthew 11. Come to me all you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Amen and amen and amen. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So Jesus invites us to come to him. So why is it so hard for us to do that sometimes? Open invitation. Yet, we scuffle with this. Here's the bottom line. We've got to take our church time seriously. We certainly need to take our time in the Lord seriously, but our church time needs to be taken very seriously, too. We spend about 90 minutes in church on Sunday, and it should be an opportunity to recharge our hearts and minds. I pray that you're here for that reason. To hear God's word and recharge your hearts and minds. Recharge your hearts and minds from the filth that's out there. Amen? Amen? And I mean filth. I'm talking about sinful behavior. Stuff that you're... I pray and hope that you're not burying yourself watching news programs all the time. About what's going on. After a while, everybody, it's overload. I'm not saying to be ignorant about what's going on out there. Because that's just common sense. You need to know what's going on out, out in the world today. But to watch it over and over and over and over again, you're only hurting yourself. You're getting the same information. I've I've veered off before on messages about stuff like this, but we have done ourselves a great disservice by relying upon media to tell us how to feel about stuff. Amen? Amen? I hope that's not too preachy. Well, I guess I'm preaching. But it comes right down to common sense. Amen? I'm a big guy on common sense. 
If something doesn't seem right, ask questions. Use this opportunity to recharge your hearts and minds. I love the words of Jesus. His gentleness and his humility that he just talked about. He makes it easy for us when we seek after him. Let's make the most of our time as we fellowship together in worship and praise of Jesus Christ. We make the most of our time by being practical in our faith and practicing self-care. Self-care. Now, you'll see self-care if you look it up on the internet. S-E-L-F hyphen C-A-R-E. They almost like drag it into one word. It could be two words as well, too, but that's how you'll usually see it. Self-care. Now, before you think that that's something that's um, psychobabble, it's not. Let me explain why. What's the definition of self-care? In its simplest terms, self-care is anything that you do to take care of yourself so that you can stay physically, mentally, and emotionally well. Anything that you can do to do those three things. And some of us are lousy at taking care of ourselves. No names. But some of us don't do very well at this. But you've got to make it a priority to do this. It has nothing to do with self-indulgence. It has nothing to do with selfishness. Especially if you're looking at the importance of humility and avoiding gluttonous behavior. It has nothing to do with self-indulgence. It's not a selfish behavior to want to take care of yourself. You should be doing that. Self-care is taking care of yourself in order to be healthy and at your best in caring for others as well. What good are you going to be somebody else if you are a wreck? Somebody's got to take care of you. Self-care, of course, is more than just a physical or mental approach. Now, I'm going to take the liberty to take self-care and say that there's an emphasis and the importance of self-care in the power of Jesus Christ. Self-care in Christ. Why do we do this? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's look at verses 19 and 20. You have a responsibility to take care of yourself. It's in this passage. It shows you this. It's telling you this. I don't know any other way you can see this other than God saying to you that you have a responsibility to take care of yourself. Amen? Physically, mentally, emotionally. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price so you must honor God with your body I don't know any other way to take this other than saying that God is telling us we've got to take care of our bodies the physical shell of our bodies first and foremost of course we take care of our minds we certainly have to guard our hearts That's what we have to do.
That's what we must do. Let's look at some practical ways for us to mature in our faith in Jesus Christ. And look at how we can make the most of our self-care in Jesus as we live in a Christ-like manner. Let's take the word care. C-A-R-E. Let's take the word care as an acronym and learn how we can build upon what we already know while putting aside those things that distract us from our focus on Jesus. And yes, the competition continues. Amen? The C in care. Let's use the word capture. Capture. What are we capturing? We're capturing our time, our valuable time, and we're also capturing our thought life. How we think, our thought life. Spending time with Jesus is of the utmost importance, but also, you know you've got time scheduled for a daily Bible reading. How's your attitude as you go into it? Consider that as well. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 10. We're going to look at verses 3 through 6. Second Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 6. This is the NIV version. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive... Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Let me read that last part again. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now I'm just going to throw something out there. There's all kinds of distractions everywhere, right? And sometimes you have stuff on your mind. Well, what am I going to do about this? I got a bill to pay over here. I got this happening. My son or daughter is acting crazy. I've got all... Listen, those things are all true. But how are you going to hear God speak to you if you let all those other minds and thoughts come into your mind while you're trying to read scripture? You might be good, but you ain't that good. I know I'm not that good. Take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Focus on him while you're reading. If we don't make the choice to capture our thought life, to earnestly seek Jesus is like going into battle without God's armor. Amen? You're going into battle without God's armor. You're going to get yourself wiped out. You need to decide to make the time for Jesus while focusing on your obedience to Jesus. Now that covers a lot of ground. I'll admit that. But if you're earnestly seeking him, he's going to show you how to get it done. Amen? If you're seeking after the Lord Jesus, he's going to be your peace. He's going to be your comfort. He's going to show you how to prevail in this. And it's not enough 
to just find time to read. It needs to be done as you take captive of your thought life. By not going through the motions, not saying, well, let's just get this over with, because I got an attitude problem. Is that why you read scripture? To get it over with? Take captive of your thought life. You're not going through the motions. You're going to live with humility. You're going to humble yourself before the Lord as you go to Him. Amen? And have an open mind to the truth about the Spirit. If you're lying to yourself and the truth is coming at you from the Holy Spirit, you've got a battle on your hands, don't you? Let the Spirit speak to you. The A in care is for absorb. 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 Absorption is to soak up the word. Remember the reference to the living water? Soak up the word and listen to the living water of the spirit as you go. This is your daily process of reading and studying the word as the investigator. For those of you who are familiar with living in God's image, you know that we talk about the importance of not just reading the Bible, but investigating the scriptures that you read. Because more than reading has to take place for you to grow in Christ. Amen? Pull out a dictionary. Pull out a concordance. Look at the comments. Keep reading. Look at parallel Bible verses. Look at additional things. You are an investigator of the word. That's what you must do to grow in Christ. Do you remember what I just said about having an open mind to the truth? Take a look at this passage. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. I use this verse all the time. Because what it really comes down to is that you as the individual have to be the one, like a Berean, that goes back and checks to see what is being said, being true. That's how you absorb the word. You are the ones putting in the effort. You're the ones putting in the action plan here. Acts 17.11. This is the New Living Translation. And the people of Berea were more open-minded, more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day. Sometimes I read that too fast. It's not like a one-time checkpoint. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. Amen and amen. May we be like those people. We're open-minded. We want God to teach us. We hear what's being said. And after this message, go home and check it out. And see if what's being said is true. I pray that whatever I say comes from the Spirit. I do not ever want to be just me, some dude up here, talking. We got enough of that in church. Amen? Y'all were surprised I said that, weren't you? Present company excluded. We got enough of that in churches. People just talking but not preaching the word. 
When it comes to your study of scripture, take it all in and let it flow through you. Let it be the living water that Jesus is talking about through the power of the Spirit. Let it flow through you. You're taking it all in. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Notice how it says teach and counsel. You share with others what God has done for you. It's not just I'm taking it all in, I'm taking it all in, I'm taking it all in. You share with others. Day after day, week after week, something's got to be getting in there if you're trusting in the Lord. Share with others. Amen? Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Thank you, praise team, for doing that every week. We need that. Amen? We need encouragement. The R in care is for request. This is going to be kind of obvious, though. Request. Studying God's word helps you to develop your prayer life and to take it to new levels as you go. Why? It's because the Spirit helps to provide the words for your prayers and petitions. The words. The Spirit gives you the words and prayers. The words for your prayers and petitions. He helps teach you how to pray. And sometimes we need help with how to pray. Amen? 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 Sometimes we need help on how to pray. You have to learn how to pray. You gain experience in prayer as you go. So keep it up. Keep making those requests to God. Go to Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7. Very, very common passage that we look at. But we have to look at it over and over again for the reassurance that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. Amen? That God is... I'm going to repeat that again. Everybody listening, say amen. Amen. God is going to do what he says he's going to do. And his word affirms that. In Philippians 4 verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Hold on. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Amen? Amen. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. If we only did that. Tell God what He has done. Thank Him for it. Verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We have to see this verse because we don't do this verse the way we should. When's the last time you thanked God? Think about it. And by the way, pride will make you not want to thank God. Amen? Pridefulness. That's what keeps you from it. But that's sin, isn't it? Ephesians 6.18 Ephesians 6.18. You can look at that. Turn to that. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. 
Because I want you to look at the words. Ephesians 6.18. This is also the New Living Translation. Pray in the Spirit at all times. What? Pray in the Spirit at all times. Notice how there's segments of time. We're not talking about a time over here, a time over there. At all times. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Well, that covers everything, doesn't it? Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Are you, do you have the heart and mind of Christ to be prayerful for others? That's what the Spirit will teach you to do in your prayers. Hey, even when you're not sure how to pray, go to the Lord anyway. Why? Because the Spirit knows what you want. Who better than your Creator to know your heart? Who better? Take a look at Romans 8.26. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. The Spirit knows what you want. Even if you don't know how to pray, He can teach you the words. He can even know what the words are without you even saying them. But you still have to go to Him in prayer. Romans 8, verse 26. English Standard Version. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Lord knows we need help. Amen? We need help all the time. Do you recognize that? We need help all the time. You can be cool on the outside and messed up on the inside. And you better believe you're called on the Lord's help. Amen? Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Weakness. For we do not know how to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I'm trying to imagine that, and it's really hard to imagine, but I'm trusting that the Lord knows exactly what I'm thinking when I don't know how to pray. Because his word says so. His word says so. Don't stop praying. You have nothing to lose. Amen? You have nothing to lose. If you don't pray, you won't know how God can answer you. You catch that? If you don't pray, you don't know how God's going to answer your prayer. Make your request to God and see what he does in your life. Simple. And yet, sometimes pretty tough. The E in care is for energize. Energize. First thing I think about, of course, is uh, the TV commercial, the Energizer Bunny. Don't you wish you had that kind of energy? But you don't operate on battery power, amen? You operate through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That wasn't meant to be a joke. I was, I was being actually quite serious. You operate on the power of the Spirit. The everyday wear and tear of life can be a distraction for each of us making the effort to live in a Christ-like manner. It does take effort. It can be very tiring sometimes. Especially when you come across somebody who might be really obnoxious. Amen? Because we've all had moments like that. Lord, help me through this situation. It 
know in those moments that we are to pray for the Spirit to lift us up and pray for energy and the desire to grow more and more in Jesus. Turn to Isaiah 40. I love this passage. I want you to look at this for what it's really saying. Verses 28 through 31. Now, most of us know Isaiah 40, 31, but look at what leads up to verse 31. I want you to see something here about the character of God, and God is just waiting to give you energy. He is waiting to refresh you. He is waiting to recharge you. He is waiting to give you those very things. But you, of course, have to do what? Ask for them. Goodness knows you have to pray for patience. Amen? 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 Pray for patience. Amen. Some of y'all just kind of being coy about this. You can just not let loose on that. Goodness knows you have to pray for patience more often than not. Look at what it says in verse 28 of Isaiah 40. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. But he's just waiting for us to ask for his strength. His power. The ability to carry things on. Colossians, I'm going to read Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. Colossians 1, 11. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. That should be us. That should be us. And verse 29, same chapter 1. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works within me. He works within you because you're calling on him to work within you. You know you can suppress the spirit and do what you want to do. Let's see where that takes you after a while. Amen? You call on the spirit to work within you. Who knows what Philippians 4.13 is? Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Make that a memory verse, everybody. That's a memory verse. It's a short sentence. But you need to know that verse. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Do you realize when he says all things, he is not telling you just some things or just a few things. He's talking about everything that you do. But it's Jesus that gives you the strength. Make that a memory verse, everyone in this room. That should be a memory verse. Why? Because God brings it to mind when you need it most. 
You better believe it. He's done it many times. He'll bring it to mind when you really need it the most. But you got to start by doing what? Making it your memory verse. When's the last time that you prayed for God's energy and strength? For some of us old timers, it may be the first thing that we do. Amen? Get up in the morning. Lord, give me strength. Some of us old timers. Amen? You know who you are. I don't need to give your names. (laughs) You know who you are. But in any situation, God is ready to give you that energy. He's ready to give you the energy that you need to serve Jesus to the best of your ability. Keep praying and never stop. I know I've said this a week ago, or a month ago, excuse me, and I probably said the month before that. Keep praying and never stop. I've got it underlined here. To give emphasis. The thing that hurts us the most is when we just sporadically decide to pray. That's a sporadic behavior. Well, Satan would love you to keep up that sporadic behavior. You have to pray and never stop because this is what you have to do to care for yourself. This is what you do to overcome distractions. This is what you do to live effectively for Jesus Christ. The people of the church, the people of our church, must continue to grow in Jesus. We must continue to grow in Jesus, and we must stay the course. Be ready to stand. Always practice self-care in Christ, to be your best in Christ. Let's go over the care words again. Capture your time and your thought life. Capture your time and your thought life. Absorb God's word as your life water. Absorb God's word as your life water. Request what you need from him. Request what you need. Those are your prayers. Those are your petitions. What do you need in Jesus right now? What do you need from him? He's not going to hold back from you. And finally, E, energized through the spirit in prayer. We need to pray for energy, amen? We need to pray for the ability to even take our thoughts captive before the Lord. Self-care in Jesus is the best way to live in obedience to him. You can do all things in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. One last passage to look at. Turn to John 16, 33. John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus meant what he said. Amen? Amen? Jesus meant what he said. Look at this passage. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In him 
you have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Amen. But take heart. I have overcome the world. What a wonderful thing it is to rely upon Jesus Christ. He is there for you. He is there to go through this life with you. If you only would shut out the distractions and do that self-care that I mentioned. Self-care in Jesus. Father, we are just thankful that you continue to teach us. And your word encourages us. And Lord, may we always have the mindset to go back and check on what was said. That it indeed will reverberate within us, our hearts, our minds, our thought life. Lord, the world wants to distract us from paying any attention to you whatsoever. And many are putting themselves into a place of eternal damnation because of it. Lord, may we not be those people. Lord, we know we can't lose our salvation, but that comes from knowing what? Knowing your word. Knowing what you teach us. Knowing how you speak to us. And that you do so where we have a helper, the Holy Spirit, for greater understanding. May we have the attitude to walk away from here and from every day forward to have the mindset to live in such a manner where we are truly focused on you. We thank you, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.